Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode nine of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today I'm talking with my friend, Allie Worthington. Allie is the author of four amazing books. She's a speaker and a business coach. She's the mom of five boys. She and her family live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I love being part of Allie's intern team. I learned so much from her, and I'm sure you will too in our conversation today. Welcome, Allie. Hi, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited you're here. (laughs) One of the many things I love about you, Allie, is how you are so authentic and you share about your real life. I love hearing your stories that give us some insight to what it's like to be the mom of five boys. Would you share one of those stories with us today? Oh, yes. I have to think of a story that's not off color because <laughs> life with a boy it is so... I was interviewing somebody today and I was asking him about what it's like having boys in his house. And I said, do you find yourself saying things that you never thought you would say? Like, don't pee on the dog, you know, things like that. Right. Um, And it just gets more ridiculous as they get older. The story that came to mind was with my oldest son, I remember taking the back to school photo with him. His back to school was, gosh, his last high school year was maybe four years ago because he's a junior in college now. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh, this is the last time all five of them are going to the same school. You know, it's the first day of school for all of them. This is amazing. And then the next year, they were all getting their picture on the first day of school and he hadn't left for college yet. So I ran upstairs, grabbed him and said, Hey, you don't have to brush your hair. Just put on a shirt, come downstairs. I want to get a first day of school picture with all of you together. You know, just silly. It'll be fun. Right. So he obliged cause he loves his mom. <laughs> then when I looked at the picture later, I noticed that it's him and his t-shirt and his boxer shorts. Like, nice. and it just <laughs> looked like he rolled out of bed, but he was like, all right, mom, you said to put on a t-shirt. That's good enough. So that's kind of, that's kind of life in our house. In a nutshell, our house is covered in dog hair. We have a golden retriever and toys and Legos and all, all kinds of craziness. Lots of, lots of video games going on right now. Yes. I love that story because it's sort of back to school season in a lot of places. And now yeah. since we're doing remote learning, that's like the uniform of. <laughs> yeah. Just wear your, wear your boxers. It'll be fine. <laughs> My son. It is had... funny that so many schools are demanding that kids like dress up and wear a uniform for yeah. their online school. I'm like, no. I actually find Mm. that kind of funny because my son on the first day of school, it was the first two days, actually, he had a little boy in his class that didn't have a shirt on. (laughs) Get out of town. No, for real. And I was like, oh, wow, that is interesting. This is 2020. (laughs) Boys are just, boys are just showing up. Boys are showing up. (laughs) I I guarantee you mom is at work and dad was in charge. Probably. (laughs) You're right. Probably. Mm -hmm. And dad will be like, yeah, sure. You're great. You look amazing, son. Go for it. (laughs) So funny. 2020, crazier. 
Oh. Allie, you are an author of great books. I have them all here on my shelf. These books, I think, meet women in just the deep places of our hearts and our souls. So you are the author of Breaking Busy, Fierce Faith, The Year of Living Happy, and I'm so excited for your new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence. That comes out end of September. So will you tell us what led you to write the book? I know in all of your previous books, they come from your heart stories, things that you've lived through. So will you tell us a little bit about what led you to write Standing Strong? Yeah, I, I knew it was time to write another book because I kind of have a rhythm. Every couple of years, I write a book and I normally ask God, what's the next book about? And he'll sometimes give me you know, just one word. And with this one, he, he brought to mind a bit of a prayer that my mom used to pray over me every night. Hmm. And she used to pray that I would grow to be a great woman of God, strong in my faith and fearless as I face the future. So when I prayed about what's the next book going to be about, he said, great woman of God. And I thought, well, that is dumb. And that's a terrible title. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to assume I ate some bad chicken or, you know, you know how sometimes when you think you hear God, but you're not sure if it's God or you. And I was like, well, that's me. Right. Right. So I go back a couple months later and said, Hey Lord, what's the next book about? And he sends to my spirit, just clear as day. I already told you. And so it made me take about six months to just sit around and wrestle with this, this, what do you have for women? What message do you want for women? You know, what, what am I supposed to say? And the things that he kept bringing to mind for me is that he had great plans for women alive on the earth right now. And that things in the future were going to get harder. And he wanted them to have a message about partnering with him that he put us all on earth, gave us free will to choose him or not. That's our purpose on earth, clear, you know, clear and simple, but that he has something for each woman uniquely in each season of life that leads to her calling in that season of life. And no matter what she was going through, no matter how difficult things got, no matter how she felt, no matter how she beat herself up for the past, there was a partnership that he wanted to have with her, whether the work in her hands that day is raising her kids or being an accountant or being a teacher or homeschooling her kids. Her work was important and it was holy and he wanted to partner with her on it. And of course, at the time, I thought, oh, that's a ridiculous concept for a book, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and it was really fun. I feel like this book was a partnership with him of me going, I, every step of the way, I'm not sure what you want me to say or what stories you want me to tell, but let's go for it. And of course, you know, now we find ourselves in the middle of, I mean, definitely the, the most difficult season in most of our lives. And I look back at the graciousness of God who partnered with me on this book two years ago to plan the message that women needed to hear right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This is the perfect year for standing yeah. strong. Women need it now more than ever before. How can we as women learn to stand strong in all of our many roles, but particularly what do you think, how do you think we can do that in our role as a mom? I think the, the partnership with God aspect takes some of the pressure off of our shoulders. We are living in a culture right now, especially Instagram culture, and it's just kind of it's just kind of all over the broader culture of 
self-empowerment, you're the hero of your story, your success with your parenting or anything in life determines is determined by your own hustle and how hard you work. Mm -hmm. And it really sets women up for disappointment and failure because we know the true source of power, the true source of wisdom, the true source of, of insight is from the Lord. And I think it's important for us to remember, even in our parenting, we're not doing it alone. We're partnering with God. He chose us specifically to raise our children, right? He put our children in our care, whether we are, whether we are adoptive parents, um, whether we had our, our children the old, the old fashioned way and they have our <laughs> DNA. Um, however that looks for us, God chose us uniquely to be that child or those children's mom. And for us to let our own self-doubt and insecurities and difficulties kind of play in our head all the time and let that take the joy out of parenting and take the confidence out of parenting and just being able to enjoy every day, that's not honoring God. God chose us specifically to be a parent, mm -hmm. specifically with the children who we have under our roof. And we, it's, I feel like it would be insulting to God for us to constantly tear ourselves down, um, make ourselves feel bad over every little decision we made, you know, be weighed down by guilt. He knew what our strengths are. He knew what our weaknesses are. He knew all of our mistakes. He knew where we were good at things, where we weren't, but he chose to give us the children he gave us. And I feel like just that makes me go, okay, I'm not going to let myself feel sorry for myself for the mistakes I made. I'm not going to expect perfection for myself because God knows, God knows exactly who I am, shows me to be this mom and I'm going to partner with him on raising my kids. I love that. I remember when I had my daughter, my oldest, she, I expected that she was going to be just like me, that she would be calm <laughs> and passive and just obedient and compliant because that's how I was as a kid. And I was so surprised when she turned out to have a strong personality. She gets that from my husband, but I, mm -hmm. I was just surprised. And I just would often ask God, like, why did you pick me? Why did you match me up? But it took a little while for me to realize just what you said, that God is so strategic. He's so intentional. And he knew that we would be the match that we needed. I need her. She helps me to be brave and a little more outspoken and how to be a little bit stronger than I think I thought I was. And then I get to help her learn to be kind and just so many things that he, that he knew on purpose. That he I love that. Yeah. And it's been, it's been fun to see the journey and look back. I keep a journal and a prayer journal and to just see how God has, has answered those parenting prayers of mine that where I've often said, how, how am I supposed to do this? He, he equips us and he gives us, opportunities to, to rely on him because we can't, mm -hmm. like you said, we can't rely on our own wisdom or our own strength, our own hustle. He, he partners with us the whole way. So I love that. Along the lines of standing strong as a mom, there are so many conflicting opinions on any number of issues related to parenting or being a mom? Do you breastfeed? Do you bottle feed? Do you nap? Do you schedule? All of these different things. So how, Allie, in your experience, can we be confident in the choices that we're making when other people make different choices? We live That's in that a great question. comparison. Yeah. 
age? Well, I, from having so many children, um, <laughs> it gives me a really unique perspective because, you know, often people will have a couple of kids. And so when you have a couple of kids, you really think that the way you parent matters more than it does. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. When you have five kids, you realize every child is unique. If I parent them all the same way, I'm going to completely mess them up. So some kids, you have to be strict about food. Some strict, some kids, you have to be strict about homework. Some kids, you have to be strict about this or this. Other kids, you don't at all. Mm-hmm. And it really just depends on the personality. So when we compare the way we parent to the way someone else parents, it just doesn't work because they have a completely different kid. And so much of who our kids are, it's, it's just in their DNA. They're born with it. Now, this doesn't include, of course, kids who go through abuse or trauma or medical issues or have special needs. That's, that's totally different. But for the average kid, the average kid is, is who he or she is when they're born. And as long as we love them and feed them a relatively healthy diet and they grow up feeling loved and, and, you know, having some responsibility and agency in their life, they're who they are. So the idea that we can watch how other people do it and feel bad because we're not doing it that way, it's ridiculous because our kids are so different. But also when we make decisions in parenting, we want to keep in in mind that all of our decisions are fluid. Um, the way we choose to discipline, the way we choose to educate, the way we choose to do this, the way we choose to do that. Instead of thinking it as I'm making this decision, this is going to be fixed. You know, this decision is going to have consequences forever and ever. Amen. Instead, think of it in terms of we're going to try this out for a little while and we're going to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And then if we need to change direction, if we need to put in more structure, we need to loosen up the structure, then we'll go about it that way. And that just allows us to realize that everything is fluid. I mean, if any, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Essentially in 2020, every week and every day we wake up and go, what does the world look like now? Okay. Right. How am I to respond to this? We've never had control and we've never been in a situation where we make decisions, decisions and they're fixed and we can't get out of them. Now, I think more than ever, We're leaning into the Lord. We're leaning into his wisdom. We're partnering with him on things and going, okay, we're going to give this a shot and we're going to see how it goes. And that makes us give ourselves an an extra amount of grace when maybe before we would have been a little too hard on ourselves. Oh, that's so true. I mean, if there's a year where things can't be perfect, it's 2020. Right, right. Learn, (laughs) Yeah, we are learning to live with imperfection, learning to live with that that lack of control. And I think that, you know, the moms listening to the show struggle with perfectionism. Like we, so many women just crave that control and crave, you know, we want things to be super orderly and all these things. But truly, we aren't in control. Like you said, there's just so much that is not, it's not intended for us to be in control of. Yeah. And this year has taught us that. Can I speak to that a little bit? Something yeah, absolutely. Came to mind when you said absolutely. that, I, mean, I think the desire to be in control, it comes from a good place because it comes from the desire not to fail mm-hmm. and not to let anyone down, not to hurt anyone it comes from a very good place. And I think when we get deeper into the partnership mindset with God, it helps us realize that he really is in control and that 
if we are making a mistake, if we're doing a bad job at something, if we're going down the wrong road, he will convict us. Now, that's totally different, and he'll get us back on track. That's totally different than our own inner critic or kind of that shaming voice that we all have in our own head to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. When we hear a shaming voice, we know that, that that's us. That's how we are talking to ourselves. Because God never speaks to us in a shaming voice. He speaks to us in a voice of love that does convict us to do better and gently tells us when we're on, on the wrong track to get us on the right track. But when we can start identifying, okay, this, this message that I'm hearing, this, this feeling that I'm having, is it shaming or is it loving and convicting? Once we can identify that, it helps us have a little more grace for ourselves and that we don't have to live in fear that we're not going to do a good job or we're going to fail our children or fail our families because God is right with us. He's partnering with us and he's not going to let us go off course for long. Oh, I love that. So much of the pressure that we feel as moms, I think is self-inflicted because Mm -hmm. like you're saying, if you just are careful to listen to those things that you are thinking and the, and the way that you talk to yourself is so telling of, yeah, is this God or is this me? Because God, God knows our hearts and God knows that we want to do the best job that we can for our kids, but we have to be realistic and realize that we're not perfect and that we have capacity. We get tired. We, I sometimes feel like I have sensory overload when both of my kids are talking to me and the radio's on and all these different things. God, God knows that. And he never expected us to be the perfect mom. There's no such thing, but. Yeah. I think he gave us a limited physical capacity, not as a flaw in our design, but a reminder that we are constantly living through him. Because if we could do things well on our own, if we had unlimited physical capacity and didn't get overloaded or didn't get tired, didn't get angry or sad or all of the natural human things that we go through, I think we would be at risk of thinking that we are good enough on our own. So it's, it's a glorious design to design us as weak and fallible and imperfect because it always points us back to him. Absolutely. And I think that as moms, when we realize that at least for me, I, I realized a few years in, you know, I was feeling frustrated and angry and upset all the time. It's because I was fighting so hard to try to be the perfect mom and for my kids to be these, you know, perfect little kids, but it's an exhausting way to live. And when we surrender and realize that that's not the goal of parenting to, to produce perfect kids, I think it just takes so much pressure off. And I, and I also think that we sometimes feel we, we come to that place of, of wanting to be perfect out of just insecurity because we look around at other people and it looks like they have it all together, especially in this Pinterest, Instagram culture Mm -hmm. that we're living in. I think it just makes it so much worse. But when we just realize that, yeah, we weren't, we weren't made to be perfect, that God partners with us and that our weakness, just like you said, is a strength. I think we can just be a more whole woman and a a healthier, healthier as a mom. Mm, Absolutely. So good. Well, you, one thought came to mind as we were talking just about, you know, looking at what other people do and how Mm -hmm. we sometimes think, oh, should we do that? I was rereading through Breaking Busy recently and how you were just talking about different traditions that 
we might feel we need to have or the way that <laughs> other people do birthday parties and things like that. So will you share a little bit about that or how your family does birthdays and just how you've learned to create your own traditions and do what's meaningful to you? Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny that how some people go out of control with birthdays and, and I have to admit my, my first son's first, second, third birthday, it was a little out of control. When I had two sons, it was a little out of control. I remember when he was in kindergarten, we hired a zoo to come to the house, bring animals. We did the whole thing, but you better believe even when we hired a zoo, he still had a box cake and some candles on top. Like it's still low key. We've always just been very chill about birthdays. I bake a birthday cake. They, once the kids get old enough, they know grandma sends a hundred dollars and they know we spend about a hundred dollars per birthday. And we don't, we don't make a secret of it. It's very practical. This is your birthday budget. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And because we don't have unlimited funds in our family with the boys, I've always said, do you want a birthday party with your birthday money or do you want birthday presents? And almost every year they go, you know what? I'm good. Let's do a box cake and let's get some presents. Um, I'm going to see my friends at school anyway. Nice. <laughs> and for us, it works. I just don't put I don't put pressure on myself back before COVID when birthday parties were a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I would tell each boy, you can go to two of your friends. This is an elementary school when you literally have to do 30 birthday parties every year. Yeah. I would say pick two birthday parties that you want to go to, like to pick, a, pick your two best buddies. And that's what I'm going to give up my Saturday to do because I learned really quickly. So many kids, so many birthday parties, my downtime, my Saturday right. was going to just be sitting at some bounce house that I didn't want to be at. <laughs> and I have a life too, you know, mm. and it worked. No one, once we knew like, this is how we do it in our family. It was just the way we do things. I love that. Like you said, there's just so only so much that a mom, mm -hmm. I think can realistically do. And we need mm -mm. to, yeah, we just can take the pressure off of trying to be perfect. And, and I love that, you know, in saying no to those things, we can say yes to other things. Like you're saying your own free time, your own you know, financial situation and all of those yeah, things. I mean, because there's always a cost. And for me, I'm super practical. Do I want to give my children a mother who's relaxed and happy? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to give my mother or my kids a mother who's kind of aggravated and low-key passive aggressive because she has to go sit at Chuck E. Cheese all day on a Saturday. Right. And oh, you can't that. do both. You, you're either the kind of mom who loves that or the kind of mom that hates that. And if you're the kind of mom that hates it, I think you put some limitations on it because when, when we live our whole lives turning ourselves inside out to provide joy for our kids, there's not much left. I remember being a little girl and watching the women in my family on one side of my family for every major holiday, they'd cook these big meals. And then the rest of the time, they would just complain about how exhausted they are about cooking the big meal. And I was like, they are miserable. I'm never doing that. And now if you're somebody that loves to cook a meal and you, you know, that's the way you show love and you're happy and that's great. And we all celebrate and take pictures of the food. Great. But I, I distinctly remember watching them going, oh, they, they hate this. They're not enjoying the holidays at all. And that was my moment as a little girl going, when I'm a mom, I just, I, I need to do things different than this. I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what the alternative is, but I know I don't want this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It just takes the pressure off. And I think it allows us to be a little happier when we say yes or no to the things that we want to say yes or no to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm excited about, again, Standing Strong. And part of that book, you're, you're talking about breaking free from what holds us back. What does that look like to break free from perfectionism or anything else that holds us back? How can we do that in a practical way? Hmm, that's a great question. Oh gosh. I mean, I could take it a gazillion different ways. <laughs> I think what comes to mind is to really figure out who we are in Christ. And that's something as women, um, we're not exactly taught to do. You know, I, I go into this pretty in depth in the book, but once we realize who we are in Christ, where our identity lies, it helps us realize the lies that we are telling ourselves or the lies that the enemy whispers to us. And when I am struggling with something and I have a decision to make, maybe it's about my behavior in a situation, a choice I have to make in the situation, just something really practical that I do is I go, okay, I know the truth about me from the Lord. I know the Lord's plan for me, that he has a plan for me that is good and is hopeful and that I can trust him and that he doesn't abandon his daughters. So if I believe this thing, or if I choose this thing, or if I go in this direction, who wins? Who's going to be happy in this? Is this the enemy or God? Mm-hmm. And what became very clear to me as I was working on standing strong is when women hold themselves back with the inner critic, when they hold themselves back you know, thinking that everything we do should be perfect. When we hold ourselves back, when we play small, instead of getting in the game, that doesn't honor the Lord. Sometimes we hold ourselves back and we call it holy, Mm -hmm. but really we're just afraid. We're afraid of making mistakes. We're afraid of doing anything wrong. And when I have to make any decision, I will literally ask, who's this going to make happy? Is this going to make the enemy happy? Or is this going to make God happy? Because we know sinning obviously doesn't make God happy, makes the enemy happy. Mm -hmm. But we often don't think of it in terms of if I hold myself back in this situation, if I don't bring the gifts and the talents and the person that God made me be to this situation, that also makes the enemy very happy. Yeah. There's no, there's no choice we make in life that doesn't have consequences. Somebody's going to be really happy about it. And when we start thinking about it in terms of, the enemy's plan for our life and what he would try to get us to do. It gives us the strength not to hold back in different situations. Oh, that's so good. I think we often hear that voice of, of should in -hmm. our head, you should do this. Good, good women do this. Good moms, perfect moms do this or that. And I love just that very practical question. Who is this pleasing? You know, Mm -hmm. is this, is this honoring to God? It's just a really simple way that we can do that, whether that's things like birthday parties or should we become the room mom at our kid's school or taking on different, different roles. I think that's so good. Yeah. And I mean, we can really think of it in terms of we know what we can handle, what we have capacity for in every season. Mm -hmm. And when we play it out, like whether it's birthday parties or being the room mom or anything else, when we play it out, we imagine ourselves in the future taking on this responsibility we know if we're going to be bitter about it and have enough 
energy and be exhausted by it, or if we're going to be happy in, in that in this season of life, we can handle it. And when you imagine yourself in the future, either being bitter about a choice that you said yes to when you really wanted to say no, or happy that you made a certain decision, again, it helps give us the strength in the moment to make that decision. That's so good. I wish I would have <laughs> had that wisdom back. I remember when my daughter went to kindergarten and I thought, I am going to have all this time now, even though I had a toddler at home, I thought I'm going to have all this time. And I signed up to be her room mom, her Girl Scout leader, the cookie oh, manager. I was teaching a Bible study and trying to do writing and different things on the side. And I was a wreck. Like I was just totally overcommitted. And so much of it came from, well, good moms do these things. Like if I'm going to be a good mom, I'm going to get involved and do all of these things. But I just totally overcommitted myself. And if I really was honest with myself, Several of those things, when I was asked to do them, I thought, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to disappoint so-and-so. And I yeah. just went into those choices with the wrong, with the wrong motives. And had I asked, would this please God, or is this going to please the enemy more? It, it wouldn't have been God for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it, 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 it's an eye opener, put it that way. Yes. And I love that you talk about, yeah, like what is your future self going going to think? And in Breaking Busy, you talk about that, like your yourself in 10 days or 10 months from now, mm -hmm. having said yes or no to this, what where do you think you'll be? So I think that's a Oh yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. I'm so excited to to get my hands on the book. And I just know it's gonna be such a practical help to women in this season where we are juggling so much, where it's we're feeling that adversity that is the year of, of 2020 and it's mm -hmm. going to just help us to move forward with confidence. So excited about that. At the end of every episode, Allie, I like to ask some fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? Hmm, I love that. I'm still obsessed with the Hamilton soundtrack, of course. I have um, that's still what not I'm listening seen. to all the time. You, you, you're just gonna have to do it because you'll love it. It is where it it lives up to the hype. I promise. Okay. And so when I'm doing anything, I just have it on in my AirPods in the background. If I'm, you know, answering email or I'm working through some sort of project, it's on. Um, what I'm watching. I'm not watching any TV series right now, but at night I will watch old movies with the kids. So mm -hmm. the other night, my 19 year old and I watched JFK, the Oliver Stone movie with Kevin Costner. That was forever ago. 1999. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've not seen that one. I had never seen it. I mean, conspiracy theories aside, a terrific <laughs> movie. And then last night, one of the younger boys and I, we realized we haven't watched Finding Nemo in forever. So we watched oh. Finding Nemo. So we just kind of curl up on the couch at night because we're all bored, you know, right. we're, we're all home. So we're all bored. Right. And we, sometimes it'll be fun YouTube videos. Sometimes it'll be an old movie or, you know, a, a more um, grown up movie that my, my older son and I watch, like JFK, but yeah, we're diving into, we're diving into the classics and fun movies. Oh, fun. I know that you've really been missing movie theaters. I have too. Oh, I miss it so bad. Yeah. We're doing drive-in movies now and drive-in movies are okay. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a movie theater that's around us that's open and my 
almost 14 year old and 19 year old go every Friday at one o'clock and they see a different Harry Potter or something else. But it's funny because literally they have the whole theater to themselves. Oh, wow. And apparently they just talk to each other the whole time and watch the movie and have a big time because nobody's going to the movies. Right. So they're loving it. But I'm actually, when new movies start coming out, we're, we're going to ask the movie theater open, uh, theater um, uh, owner. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if like first thing on a Saturday morning when they normally don't have movies, what would it cost for us to rent a theater out to watch a new movie? Yeah. So we could go and it'd be safe. Fun. That sounds yeah, really fun. because... You know, I mean, it couldn't be too much. They only have three people in a theater as it is. Right, right. <laughs> Can we pay you for four tickets? And Can we just, we'll pay you for 10 tickets. Just let, <laughs> let us come in. We'll, we'll even buy popcorn. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. We'll see. That's my, that's my plan. Awesome. Love it. Next question. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? Mm, learning to say no. Mm, that's been the theme of Be- our conversation. Right? <laughs> because um, saying no is hard, but learning to give a gracious no when we can't take on anything else is key because, again, if we don't say no, people will keep heaping responsibilities on us. Mm-hmm. And if we are living life above our capacity level in whatever season we're in, we're not going to be able to create the emotional tone in our home that we want to, you know, we all as mothers, we want to provide a roof over our kid's head and good food in their belly and a happy home, a happy, relaxed home that is, isn't tense. It isn't moody, you know, all those things that we strive for. And if we don't have enough downtime in our life, if we aren't able to get what we need, we can't set the emotional tone in our homes that we know we want to be able to, because if I'm running around all over creation, doing stuff that I don't have time or energy to, I'm not going to be able to create a happy home atmosphere for everybody who lives under my roof. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So good. And so crucial. Mm-hmm. Next question. Why self-care. Uh, oh, sorry. I was no, no, go something. ahead. It's why we think of self-care as selfish, but self-care is often the most loving thing that we can do for our families. Because unless we establish boundaries, unless we learn to say no and kind of protect what we need, because there's so much weight on a mother's shoulders already, Mm -hmm. unless we can learn to protect that and bear that weight well, we won't be able to be the moms that we want to be for our kids. So good. So true. And I remember times where, yeah, I like felt so selfish for wanting to do things for myself or needing to take a break. But when you do it, you come back just so much more refreshed. You, like Mm -hmm. you said, it just, it helps to make your home a happier, healthier place when we do that. So I love that. Yeah. Because what kid is going to go, yeah, I want my mom to be even more stressed out and tired. No. Right. Kids want their moms to be happy and feeling good and, you know, just live in life. And when we think about you know, I was, I was counseling, um, one of my uh, coaching clients at one point because her and her husband were in business together. And I said, the best thing that you can do for your kids is to keep investing in your marriage mm-hmm. and keep investing in you because the healthier your marriage is, the healthier you are, the happier those kids are going to be. And when we think about investing in our children's lives, investing in our children's happiness by investing in our lives Mm -hmm. and investing in our marriages and our relationships. That's a real game changer for most women because we aren't taught that automatically. Right. 
Yeah. And I think as moms, we sometimes think like we have to do all of these things directly for our kids, but these are indirect ways that we can Mm -hmm. bless our kids and set such a great example for them. I've often thought about for my own daughter, when she looks back, will she see, oh, you know, mom went on a girl's weekend or mom went to a writing conference and, and she'll, I think she'll remember those things. And I hope she looks at them thinking that it was cool that I invested in my interests and my own well-being so that then when she is a mom, she'll do the same thing and she will feel good about it and not from a place of, oh, this is selfish or shameful. Yeah. When my oldest son was in elementary school, he said to me one day, cause I wasn't as, ba- as available and active as the other moms at school. Mm-hmm. He said, I just wish you were like the other moms. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm sorry, buddy. This is, this is just who I am. And it was maybe three or four years later. And he looks at me casually one day and goes, thank goodness you aren't like all the other moms. <laughs> cause like you have interest and you do things. And, and he kind of went on on all these things. And he said, my other friends, their moms were driving them crazy. Cause their whole life is the kids. And I said, my whole heart is you guys, but my whole life isn't you guys. And he said, well, I, I'm, I'm glad you have other interests and I'm glad you do other things. It took a few years to get there. And I can't say that when he said that to me, when he was in elementary school, that it didn't hurt. And I had all those same thoughts of, am I a terrible mother? Cause you know, I miss things because I, back before COVID I travel. Right. Um, I, I, I don't go to every practice because if I went to every practice, I'd be bored out of my mind because I have all these other children to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that the payoff for what we teach our children for what it's okay for women to do, that matters. Yeah. Whether we're raising women or men. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we sometimes as women get lost in our identity. And you talked about a little bit about that, that when our identity is in Christ, that then we can stand strong and be who God wanted us to be. But I think it's so easy for us to believe that our identity is in these roles that we have, that I, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and that's who I am. But really, that's part of who we are. And we, we can't let those roles overshadow the other parts of who we are, that we're God's daughters, that we have these gifts and talents that he's given us that are, that may be in other areas other than being a wife or mom. And it's important for us to invest in them in the season that he calls us to do that. So I love, I just love that reminder of who we are in Christ and that it's okay to not do all of the things that we think mom's good moms or perfect moms should do that. We need to walk on the path that God has for us in our role as a mom. Mm, Totally. So good. So Allie, what, what is God teaching you in this season? I love on your Allie and Joe show, how you call 2020 the year that must not be named. (laughs) It's like Voldemort. (laughs) Not saying the year. Don't, don't call it into power. Um, You know, that's a great question too. And I'll tell you, I think, I think that the Lord is teaching me that he is here 
He loves us. He is intimately involved with our lives, especially in seasons where we don't like what he seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have one of my sons has a chronic illness where he's in just a terrible amount of pain every day and it's put his life on hold. And he keeps reminding me that he's here, that he has a plan for everything and that I can still trust him even when I don't like what I see going on around me. And that that's equally the case for, for what's going on in our family right now as it is what's going on in the world. We all look around in the world and go, Lord, where are you? What are you doing in this? But he's here. He's not surprised by this. He is not looking at Jesus in heaven going, can you believe that that happened? Um, That he loves us. He is trustworthy. That He will not abandon us. And that he will turn every one of our heartaches and struggles and pain right now for our good and for his glory. That's what he's teaching me. He's teaching me that he's here and he loves me even when it hurts. Mm. I love that. I think we're all learning to truly rely on him day by day more and more versus our own strength and our own plans because we were so used to (laughs) making our own plans and that they would be fulfilled. And just like you said earlier, now we wake up and say, okay, Lord, what's, what do we have on the agenda today? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen today? And, and that's truly how the Lord wants us to live. Jesus tells us in the Lord's prayer that give us this day, our daily bread. And I think that we're all learning a little bit more of what that really looks like. Amen. We are. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so fun, Allie. Thank you so much. Where can people connect with you if they want to find you online and where can they find Standing Strong? Yeah, I am Allie Worthington everywhere on Instagram and AllieWorthington.com. And the podcast is the Allie Worthington Show. And I have something fun that I have for everyone I have a what's your secret superpower quiz that people can take. And if you're listening right now, you can text the word superpower, all one word. And we know the Holy Spirit is our secret superpower, but this is a little more practical. Um, (laughs) Superpower to 55444. So text superpower to 55444. And you'll get a link, a text for me with a link to take the quiz. It takes about two minutes and it's really, really fun kind of go into personality type and what our Bible verse is for that type, what we wish other people knew about us and how to stand strong in this season, according to our secret superpower. So that's super fun. And then standing strong is available everywhere. Gifts are sold. I'm giving away a six week Bible study with it and access to a masterclass on finding your confidence and living with or find. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> finding, <laughs> hold on. I'm giving away a master cat. I can't bless my heart. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's five o'clock on a Thursday. <laughs> I'm giving away access to a master class on finding your calling and living with confidence. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. That sounds so fun. So don't delay, go get your copy to get your free, awesome gifts. And I'm excited about that quiz. I'll have to take that with me. Get off. Yeah, it is. It's super, super fun. You're going to love it. Just, it just went live this week. And so I'm thrilled. Fun. Well, thank you again, Allie. We just learned so much from you and I am so grateful to be your friend and have you having on the podcast today. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much.
friend, can I ask you a big favor? Would you take two minutes right now to head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review the podcast for me? All you have to do is search for The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering, scroll down, give it some stars, and write a short review. That's it. While you're there, could you also subscribe to the show? All of this means so much to me, and it will help other moms be able to find the podcast. Also, in a few weeks, I'll be doing a special Q&A episode, and I need your questions. You can find me on Instagram at Andrea Fortenberry and just DM me your questions. It can be about motherhood, faith, friendship, marriage, anything you want to ask me. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.